1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I am your host, Frank LaRosa, and joined again uh, by my right-hand person, Stacey Frank. Welcome again to the show.
0: Hey, everybody. Happy to be back.
1: Happy to be back. Here we Um, are. It's Friday. We're a little bit casual today. I'm wearing one of my special, uh, if you can't see me on YouTube, one of my special sweatshirts. If you want to know what it is, you have to go to our YouTube channel and and check us out at Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. But today we're going to, it's a beautiful day out today. It's Friday. Uh, we had a great I uh, just had a great session uh, with uh, a uh, business coach of mine, Ed Milet, many of you may know, uh, heard of and I'm part of a I'm part of a group that he runs and uh, we just did a management team meeting uh, watching one of the the uh, videos. Uh, but today I wanted to talk about something that I don't think is talked about enough in the industry um as and that is sort of the this falls under the category category of entrepreneurship, right? So this is not a financial services related necessarily talk but the reason why it's important to us and and the advisors and the, the the financial advisor community is because more and more advisors are moving from a W2 environment where they where they have a branch manager and they they just do their thing to this independent world all right you want to open up your own RIA and you want to become a business owner you're becoming an entrepreneur running a practice. Right. You're, you're running a practice. You're paying the bills. You're hiring people. If you're, gro- if you're trying to grow, you're hiring a lot of people. Um, and the, one of the, this is really about one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make when they get into entrepreneurship or they get into owning a business. Um, and that big, big mistake is who works for who? Right. Yeah. And
0: this really speaks to building the culture of your of your practice, who you're hiring and why, what's the structure, what's the roles and responsibilities and what's the mentality of the people and how do you how do you retain them? How do you prevent, um, you know, your employees or the people that, you know, um, are helping you grow the business feel excited to be there every day? What gets them up every day?
1: Right. And how do you how do you drive performance? Right. You're getting into owning your own company because you want to grow your business. You want to drive performance. You want to increase your revenue, and you want to make more money. Some people think I think some of the big misnomers are I want to I want to own my own company again, whether it's a widget company, a gym, or whatever it is you want to be the owner of a company. Um, the biggest mistake that I believe entrepreneurs make is forgetting that as soon as you become a business owner. Things don't get easier for you. They get harder for you. You don't have less responsibility. You have more responsibility.
0: And not just tasks in the office, but the livelihood and the happiness of the people that join your firm.
1: Right. I'm not even talking about tasks. I'm talking about your responsibility to the organization and to every single employee you bring to the firm. The minute you decide to hire one employee, you have a responsibility to that employee. And where I think entrepreneurs make huge mistakes, which then causes friction within their organization, whether that organization is two people or 200 people, is they act as if, because they're the business owner, that everybody works for them. And technically they do, but it's the mentality that you have to have that you actually work for your employees. Right. You almost have to treat.
0: Um, I think we're really building that here. You really have to treat the people that agree to partner with your firm as if they are the client. Um, they're not your client. They're your employees or they're your consultants or whatever it is. But when the people that work with an organization or for you feel like you care about their livelihoods and their successes and their families, the, the amount of allegiance and loyalty to you increases drastically so when they feel like their needs are being met professionally and personally and financially then I feel like it's it's much better match much better culture
1: right we spent uh, the last hour or so right before this podcast um, talking about the six human needs um, and trying to understand as as a leadership team it's our responsibility to understand all of our employees and what they're and the consultants what their their what are the six human needs or the top two or three that resonate most with each with each person right need for significance need for certainty need for uh for uncertainty recognition right recognition right everybody um, likes a little right exactly so everybody has those things and you know you might think as an employer well that's not my responsibility to understand if your need is recognition um it it it, it isn't if you don't want to grow your business right if you may think one of the things that Ed pointed out on the pod on the, it's not a podcast, it's a private group. So it's not a podcast. Um, but one of the things he pointed out was if you're, if you're trying to grow and build exceptional performers and exceptional sales folks, right. Just because that person wants to be number one, Stacey uh, wants to be number one, right. Among others, doesn't mean that they don't have a need for love and love and caring, Right. And recognition um, and well, recognition is, is like, I want to be number one, but that can mean it could be for a different reason than you might think.
0: Right. Recognition could mean, you know, the way that you bring the culture of your uh, of your employees, your colleagues together. Recognition could mean, you know, you you closed your first deal or landed your first client or whatever it is um, recognition. But I think that's the important thing is what is what does it mean to each person? I think it means something different. And we were having a little bit of a debate in our, in our meeting, which is all good, health, healthy healthy debate. Um, but recognition means something different for everybody. And it's, it's the job of the leader to uncover those differences.
1: Right. And so what we, so what, I challenge you. Well, right. So what we spent <laughs> uh, the time talking about is what can we do, um, in particular in our world, what, what can I do – As a leader of the organization to better understand every single person, all 60 some odd people that we have here better understand what really drives them, because if you think it's money that drives everybody, you're you're woefully wrong. Yeah,
0: yeah. We had one of our one of our best employees here literally say in our meeting that. Yeah, obviously we all need money, but it do, it's not what gets me up every day. I don't need the material things. I don't value the material things. I value other things. And I don't have to go into that yeah, right now. Right. But you have to, as a leader, be able to identify. So so how do you do that within Elite? I said I was going to ask you questions this go around. So, so how do you um, help understand what are some things that you've done over the last few years to help understand your people better, make them feel like, you know, they don't work for you, you work for them?
1: Right. Um, that's a good question. Um, well, I think one of the things that we one of the things that we did, which was maybe six months ago now, maybe a little bit longer than that, um, uh, we did a vision board day, which we've talked about on our podcast. Um, but for those of you that are that are new, maybe didn't hear it, we we did a vision board day, think of it like arts and crafts, right? We brought everybody into the office, um, and we sort of stopped making phone calls and doing all that stuff, and we just spent time with magazines and you know, glitter and all sorts of stuff and creating vision boards and everybody put on their goals and dreams on the vision boards. And then at the end of the four or five hours that we spent, people got up, volunteered, of course, um, and went through their vision board to talk about why they wanted what they wanted. And and as an example, um, so Stacy had a shore house on her board. Right. And it was like, well, I want a short house because I want to be able to have, you know, have the kids over and, and family and all that other stuff. And that's great. Right. But where we're trying to where for me as a leader, where I'm trying to connect, why is that important to her? Um, Because that's one of the human needs is love and connection. And for Stacy, the house represents love and connection as a human need, love and connection with her family, love and connection with her kids and her husband, everybody, right. And grandkids and all that other stuff. Right. Yeah,
0: it's where I, you know, I'm guaranteed that they'll come to. Right. So if I work hard enough, and you help me achieve my goals, and I help achieve everybody else's goals here, then I can achieve those things for my family. The house is just ancillary. It's just it's a place I know that I could sort of right. manipulate so, them to come. Right. So
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. It's about manipulation. Right. Exactly. But the point is, <laughs> if you look at the, if you just say, "Oh, well, Stacy wants a big house because." Uh, you know, because she wants to show, you know, you might think it's a recognition thing, right? Which is not, because so for some people, it is, right? For some people, they want the big beach house to say, look at me, I got a big beach house. Um, But for Stacey, it's not. So it's my responsibility and your responsibility as a leader of your company to understand those things. Because as Ed was saying, if you can tap into... Those human needs for each of your producers, you will get more out of them, right? Because you're gonna find out what really drives them, and then you connect that to what it is you're doing, right?
0: I connect the picture to what it really represents. Right. And you know, we had some really unique um, objects or pictures put on the vision boards, um, farms and you know, travel, um, family, yeah. um, health and wellness. Um, It might not be about the yoga class, but maybe it represents about, you know, health or or outliving somebody that you care deeply about. So I think our next exercise with our employees and consultants here is to make that connection for them. So then as a leader, you can literally hear them say, you know what, Frank, Um, yes, I want to travel the world, but it's because, you know, I – someone in my family passed sooner and didn't get to. Right. So we're trying to make that connection right. or you are. No, yeah. Right.
1: And so, so when we get back to sort of like, why are we doing this? Because as again, as an owner of the, as an organization, it's my responsibility to help our employees the, the best way I can, right? Um, I can't achieve my personal goals unless I help all of the people that work for the organization achieve their personal and professional goals. so by def- by by thinking about it that way, I work for them. I work for everybody here. I work for Stacy I work for the folks that do our marketing. I work for you know Tina she runs our she runs our marketing company right I work for her. It's my responsibility to help her and the biggest mistake I think and, and with some things going on this week with in, in our world and some people that I that I know and work with, is there they lose sight of those things, and so and I see it with a, more business owners. It's the, it's like one of the biggest mistakes, and then they go, "Why did they leave? I thought things were great here." Um, and then their best producer walks out the door because the best producer is busting their butt, and the owner is taking time off and you know out and about and. Just not working at the same level that they want the employee to work at because they think, well, I'm the business, I'm the owner of the company, so I'm, I'm entitled. I'm entitled. I can, I don't have to come into the office every day, you know, whatever it is, whatever your office, whatever your business is, it's not matching what you're trying to ask the the producers to do. What you need to understand as a business owner is you now have to operate at a higher level than everybody at your organization because they're looking at you. No matter what you do, right? I had somebody tell me one time, uh, a a manager that I worked for, and I was an assistant branch manager. And um, I used to come in at at a different time, right? I'm not a morning person. So I used to come in a little bit later, but then I would stay later. You know, I would stay till nine or 10 o'clock at night, but I wouldn't get into the office until nine o'clock, right? And my manager said to me, Frank, it doesn't matter if you stay till 10 o'clock at night. If they leave at six, they don't know you stayed till 10 o'clock. It's what they see that matters, right? And what they see is you coming in at nine when they got there at eight. It's the perception. It's the perception. And that really opened my mind because I didn't realize that was what was going on. And I was trying to create a level of um, professionalism and earn their trust, right? And the way way they looked at it was, well, Frank strolls in at nine, right? And by the way, and they didn't know that I was working at home, right? They didn't know that maybe I was at a breakfast meeting. All they saw was I strolled in at nine, right? And it was about what they see. And so you have to think about when you have employees, what are they seeing, right? Ed talked about this um, in our last call last week, which I thought was a really interesting concept, um, actually, this was this was a podcast that he put out um, like on the
0: game film topic. The game or film the... topic,
1: and he, what he said or when what he turned the volume off. Yeah, like everybody talks a big game, and as a business owner, you can talk a big game about what you want to do, and here's where we're going to go, and all that stuff. But if you turn the volume off of of on you, right? And I'm saying you as the owner of the company because all eyes are on you as the owner. If you turn the volume off of what you're saying, what do people see? What does the black and white movie version of you show? Right? Does it show you coming in at nine and leaving at four? Does it show you taking off on Fridays or Wednesdays or whatever the day it is, right? Taking off every other holiday, you know, all these wonky holidays that aren't really holidays.
0: And Not just that, but also, you know, what's, what's the work that you're doing in the day? Is it busy work? or is it revenue generating work? And I think right. every business owner, every leader, every should encourage their employees, what is your busy work part of the day look like? And what is your revenue generating client facing? And I know this applies to financial advisors as well. What does that look like? And if you look back and most of your day was more on busy work or following up on administrative things, which we all have to do, and it's the minutia that we have to do. But What percentage of it was really, you know, in your case, speaking with clients, in our case, speaking with advisors or speaking with our employees who we treat as our clients? What are those revenue generating tasks and how much of your day is spent on that?
1: Yeah, if you're right. right. And if you're if you're a financial advisor, so we'll talk specifically about. Well, actually, we don't have to. It's the same principle, which is is why I love this. This is like business one on one stuff. Right. And you come in the office and you stroll in. Um, and your assistant, you expect there, you expect him or her to be there at eight o'clock in the morning. You stroll in at nine. Then you talk to your buddies about the golf game you had, or you, or whatever it is. It doesn't have to. I keep picking on golf because I have a trigger <laughs> with golf, um, especially during Monday through Friday. So that's what the weekends are for. Um, but you, you're basically coming in. You're, you're you know putting your feet up on your desk, and you're sort of like not really working hard, but but the people around you are grinding. Right, because you need them to grind, because they work for you and you're paying them and they're supposed to work hard so you can sit in your office and talk to your buddies about your weekend and all this other stuff. They they pay attention to that stuff. And I'm telling you, as a business owner, you need to stop doing that. You need to work as hard, candidly, you need to work harder, excuse me, not as hard. You need to work harder than they're working. You need to show them that when you walk in the door, before they are, right no matter what your success level is, it's first in, last out. You want to drive a culture of performance. you want to drive a, 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 a culture of excellence, right? So you want to deliver a level of excellence to your clients. right so this is to the investor community. Um, you want to drive excellence to, to your investor clients, then you need to you need to raise the bar. you need to set a high standard for your team which means it starts with you. And again, I'm a little bit fired up this week and, I, and I'm i not going to apologize, but I'm a little bit fired up because um, it's one of the things that frustrates me as a business owner when I look at other business owners um, that don't get it, right? Um, because candidly, it gives other business owners a bad name, right? Like, oh, you're an entrepreneur. So, you know, you don't really work that hard. When the reality is, entrepreneurs, real entrepreneurs work harder than everybody else. Um, I work three times as hard as I used to work. And I have some friends that are branch managers. So guys, don't take this the wrong way. Um, I work three times as hard as my buddies that are branch managers. I call that play work. Um, and, I, and I love doing what I'm doing, right? And I love being accountable to, to the people at my firm um, because it's building that culture of together, we're going to do this together. We are going to win together. Um, but it, you have to change your mindset. Um, what does that mean? It doesn't mean we're going to win if you do what I tell you to do, right? Like, you work for me, so do what I tell you to do so we can win so I can go drive a fancy car, Right. That's not how it works.
0: Our marketing team, well, really all of our consultants here, the marketing folks and the and the consultants that are here, um, they put in a lot of hours. They put in a lot of calls, um, a lot of grind away from, you know, from their families. So, you know, we have to impress upon them and if we're going to expect that they put in the time and effort, and work ethic that we want then we have, to, we have to model it. We don't have to always talk it or speak it to them, but we have to model it. Turn
1: the volume off. Turn
0: Right, exactly. So so again, I'm going to go back to the question. What do you, when you're in your office mm-hmm. and you're thinking about what all the folks here are doing and around the country, because mm-hmm. we're, we're yep. national, um, what are you thinking about? What are some of the things or ways that you can make them feel like, wow, Frank and, and his management team, they're really here for us? I- so
1: I think about um, what can we do. F- what can we do to connect with them more? Um, we do a Monday call where I get on and we talk about whatever it is. I want to make sure I stay connected, whether they're whether they're in person consultants or they're virtual. Right? More people have gone virtual nowadays, and and I believe you can still build and connect a culture virtually. Um, I, I believe you get higher performance if you're if you have the ability to be in in the office, um, but we connect with them. Um, I obsess about making sure that we're connecting with our advisors our management team who are we talking to on a weekly basis are we you know we have we've set up a structure where we have sort of leadership pods um so that we're making sure you know stacy has a set of uh exceptional except i can't say that word today what the hell exceptional um senior transition consultants and so stacy works with that group and then uh jC young who's my chief uh, chief of staff he works with another group and then we have other top-level um, senior transition consultants that work with a subset of performers. We set it up that way so we are constantly staying connected to our folks, constantly.
0: Right, and what's important to them on a day-to-day basis? Right. What Does it mean that we have a certain, you know, kind of coffee here in the office? Does it mean that we do a certain quarterly event, um, or annual conference? Like, what are the things that keep our folks connected? Like, we're one big, happy... I would say that They're
1: what we happy. do... Right, we... We obsess, and I I know you're asking me what's the question, right? But it's, uh, you know, I can't do any of this stuff without Stacey and the rest of the team. So it's, um, we we obsess about how can we do a better job for them, right?
0: right? And if someone isn't doing well here or not producing, we take such responsibility and ownership what did we do wrong and yes look some people aren't going to work as hard as others or they don't have I'm fixing your mic oh sorry they don't have the the skill set and that's fine but w- the first question we ask ourselves is where did we where did we fail? You? Where is there a lack of training or a lack of attention or did we just, you know, train them and let them go on to their merry way and just try to succeed here? Or did we intervene in critical parts? It's like a family.
1: Look, we look at it as right. a family. Um someone mentioned that to me today, you know, it's like when you're when you're a business owner, you're the head of a family, right? You're the head of not like a mafia family, but Well, that's can, what we're building here right? for sure. It's a family, so when you have kids and you're trying to raise them, it's your responsibility as a parent to do and guide them the best you can, and if they fall, sometimes they have to learn right you know the mistakes um, but it's also your responsibility to figure out what did what did you do? Where did you maybe fail and i'm not I'm not saying fail because I, I i I despise that word fail." I don't think there's any there's no such just thing as lessons. fail it's just lessons, right <laughs> um But what lesson did you learn from that? What could you have as a parent done better uh, to help your child? Um, And again, I'm not calling our employees children, um, but you have to care for your employees like, like they're your kids, like they're your family, not kids, but like they're your family, because you can't function without them, right? You can't operate a successful business without high quality employees.
0: Right? And we can't achieve our goals, and we say this all the time. If they're not achieving theirs, and that vision board um, aren't just a bunch of pictures on a on a what is it a, a uh, visa, whatever that oak tag is, oak or whatever, oak, whatever, whatever it is. that, yeah, that they're making some real human emotional connection to those things. So if we're not helping them identify that, then then we're failing. Right? Not sure. failing. We're just not. Helping them.
1: Yeah, we're know. not. Su- we're not. Yeah, we're not succeeding. We're not um, fully optimizing our relationship. Opti- optimizing. Right. right. So you know, again, Stacey's asking the question. So we think about those things. Uh, we look at the calendar. What what events can we do? Um, we have a. We do a conference. We do a spring conference where we bring everybody in, and it's a way for us to connect in person. Um, if people are close, you know, sort of within driving distance or so, you know, a lot of times we'll we'll pay for them to fly up and stay with us, um, stay at you know local, because we know that that connection is really important. We're always trying to figure out ways to, to do those things. Um, there's training. We do a lot of training. We have, we're setting up systems for training. We're trying to do things differently uh, that maybe have been done in our business, but there's things that you can do in your business, whether, again, you're, whether you're in financial services or you are uh, in some other business and you happen to be listening to this. Um, Figure out how to be unique, figure out how to push the envelope in terms of things that you can do differently, um, or t- candidly, not even differently. Take the things that successful companies that you admire are doing and figure out how to how to implement those things into your organization. You know, I use firms like Raymond James and LPL as our barometer. I don't necessarily use our competitors, and there's some really good competitors out there, and I respect them. We're just different, Right. We're larger. Um, we we just we're just different. Not in it again. Not in a bad way or a good way. We're, we're just different. But I think part of the reason why we're different is because um, we don't look at them as the standard for where we want to go. We look at firms like Raymond James and LPL, some of the high quality broker dealers out there and RIAs as the standard that we're trying to achieve, right? And you have to think about that in your world in your whatever the industry is you're thinking about, and again, if it's financial services, well, what firms do you want to model after? What firms do you respect so much? Uh, You may be a two or three or $4 million practice. That's okay. Why can't you do a recognition event or dinner or recognition getaway or have a learning management system? Because if you're lucky, you you work for an organization that has that stuff.
0: Right. I think one of the best exercises that at least is most impressionable on me that we did, I don't know, five been here almost six years, but five years ago was we involved everybody in helping define our core values. And I know we did a podcast on that, but that was something that made me feel like, wow, core value. I don't know, but what I want to wake up to every single day. What are our guiding principles? And that exercise, I think, really resonated with some of us had started here years ago in terms of making feel like, wow, like Frank really cares about all of us and what matters to us that we're putting it into our guiding principles of our firm. So things like that, right. which, Really, which, which
1: really. Separ- again, that's another separator for us. But for you to incorporate those things, and I would tell you that since we did that, uh, the growth of our organization has been exponential, uh, but also leaning on those core values in certain times of of uh, stress, uh, certain situational things where you can lean on core values. Um, and again, we did those things because we have an obligation to the people that chose to join our firm. We're privileged, right? Right. Right? We are privileged, we are privileged. to work with them cuz they chose to work with with us versus versus either go to a competitor or do something else. Right? right. You
0: work for me, that mentality.
1: Right. right. And so again, rounding this back out, what Stacy just said, you know, we we don't you don't they don't work for us. Technically, they're employees of the firm. That's just a technical thing, right? But philosophically and how we look at what we do on a daily basis, we work for them. We work for the people that are in our organization because that's the mentality that you have to have. If you are a business owner, if you're a new advisor, we have some clients. uh, We have some clients now that are, you know, in the next weeks and so are are moving from a W2 environment to their own company. Congratulations. It's awesome. I'm super excited for them. But they're going to, they may have to learn that the dynamic is going to shift a little bit, right? Because when they were at their institutions that they were at, they had a sales assistant. Those sales assistants were being paid for by the firm, yep. right? They were employees of the firm. They had a probably a probably a uh, administrative manager that that those assistants reported to, right? Who worked for them, right? And now this sh- now they're going to go independent. Now it's going to be there's going to be a shift. And so I hope to the with those folks and some of them, you know who you are, so I hope you're listening, right? You have to change your mindset as a business owner. Like, congratulations, you're going to start your own company. But now, congratulations, now you have all the responsibility to take care of those employees, to take care, because you're not only taking care of them, but it's their families that you're taking care of. They're choosing to do this with you. They're choosing to leave the firm that's paying them a nice salary and benefits and you know all that stuff uh, to come with you. And there's some level of risk there. Um, and you need to show them a level of appreciation, um, and so it's really the message. This is the message this week: is really um, understand who you work for, and who or really who works for who here, right? right? And who,
0: titles, you know, that's always that's a whole yeah, other topic. You know, titles other... are important, but yeah, you know, it's what are, what are you doing with
1: it? It's, it's right. What are you What are you really doing? What are you supposed to be doing? Um, that's a whole nother. We can get on. We can actually do that in in, in the importance or lack of importance of titles. But what we're really trying to talk about is um, just getting, changing your mindset and understanding. If you change that and understand your responsibilities to the employees of your firm every single day, all day, I uh, you'll be shocked with how fast and how um,
0: how loyalty, loyal loyal
1: motivation your, your employees will be, and you'll actually grow your business faster because there's they'll show a level of appreciation that you'll never get if you just keep telling them, well, you work for me, well, you work for me. So anyway, with, with that said, thanks for that was sort of a fast, fiery, um, I'm a little bit wound up this week for- <laughs> It's all for energy, some, all from passion. Some, from things that happened. <laughs> I even dressed down today, so um, sort of dressed down. I like it, it blends
0: with the room, you know, right? white. And,
1: yeah. Usually I always wear blue, but I'm wearing white today. So <laughs> my my Ferrari shirt, so one of a couple of them. Anyway, thanks for joining us. We hope that was uh, useful for you. Um, feel free to share this. We don't, we don't have any advertisements on here or anything like that. We have firms that want to advertise. We don't have any interest. Uh, but if you know anyone that's going into entrepreneurship or struggling with, with their business, um, f- forward this to them, uh, share it. Don't forget to like and subscribe, uh, whether it's Apple, iTunes, wherever else you, uh, Spotify, wherever you, uh, you download your, your, uh, your, uh, your podcasts. And don't forget, check us out on, uh, in- on Instagram, which is franklarosa.elite. Uh, I think I crossed 120,000 followers, which is tremendous. Growing, right. Um, and if you want to talk about this kind of stuff, if you're thinking about making a move for financial advice, you think about making a move and you want to talk to somebody about all of these things and you have interest in working with someone with a master's degree in psychology, which which a lot of this stuff is, you can give Stacy a call. Get time at, in the chair. Right, Oops, get time uh, in the chair. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh,
0: What's my number? My number is 856-816-6322 or Stacey at Don't forget the
1: E. Don't forget the E. So uh, with that said, thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.